0: My favourite present I've just been given, I don't know if you can see it, this is a uh, dinosaur sparkly Christmas hanging tree with pom-poms. This combines some of my favourite things, it combines Christmas, it combines glitter, and it combines very quirky things. So thank you to the dear family who bought me that this morning. He's going to be my little Christmas mascot. So uh, this morning I will take a few minutes to talk to us about uh, what I think is an overlooked theme about Christmas. It's the good news of Christmas that because of Christmas, God gets you. God understands you. He understands what life is like. He's able to empathize, to kind of feel with us when we feel, both in the good and in the bad. And sometimes in life, you find those people with whom you just kind of really connect. You think, this person just really gets me. They seem to understand me. They understand how I feel about things. They understand how I react about things. Sometimes that's because of a shared experience or a similar background. You think, this person just really gets me. Well, because of Christmas, that can be said of God. God really gets us because he has been like us. He knows what it's like to live our lives because God took on humanity. And so he doesn't look on from the outside, kind of wondering what it's like to live as a human with all the ups and the downs. He understands because he has been there. And as I think about this this week, I was reminded of my favorite scene from a film that came out a few years ago called Zootropolis. Anyone seen Zootropolis? Oh, lots of fans. It was actually on TV yesterday, I think. I'm going to show you a quick clip, which I think wonderfully under, uh, illustrates what it's like if someone really doesn't get you, because they really haven't lived a life like yours. So let's have a quick watch of this. Coming through. This is Officer McHorn. We got a 1031. I got this, Officer Hawk! I am in person. woo woo! Uh, I need you to run a plate. Flash is the fastest guy in there. He can run the plate like that. You saying that because he's a sloth, he can't be fast. Flash, flash, 100-yard dash. Buddy, it's nice to see you. Nice to see you, too. Hmm. Officer Judy Hobbs, C.P.D. how are you? I am doing... Fine. Well, what... Hang in there. Can I do... Well, I was hoping you could run a plane... For you. Well, I was hoping you could... Today. (laughs) Well, I was hoping you could run a plate for us. We are in a really big hurry. What's the plate? Two nine T number two nine T H D zero three. Two nine T H D zero three. H D zero three. D. Mm-hmm. Zero, three. Zero. Three! Hey Flash, wanna hear a joke? No! Sure. What do you call a three humped camel? I don't know. Pregnant. <laughs> Ha! Uh, ah, yes, uh, very funny, very funny. Wait, please uh, just focus on the text? No, Wait, wait, wait. Priscilla. Oh no. Yes. Flash. What? Do. No. You call. A three-humped camel. Uh, Pregnant. Okay, great. Three. You got it. Please jump. Hurry, we've got to beat the rush hour in. It's night. I love that. Now you see in there, Judy cannot understand why Flash is so slow because she's not a sloth. She doesn't know what it's like to be a sloth. She doesn't understand the characteristics and the limitations and the skills and all sorts of being a sloth. And so she just clashes against him. She's looking from outside. She can't think her way into what it's like to be a sloth. So she can't empathize with the fact that Flash just can't work that fast. He just can't do that job. But God is not like that. God is not looking on, getting annoyed because he doesn't understand. God is not unfeeling. God is not not caring. God knows what it's like to live as a human because he came in Jesus. Christmas is about God's coming close, being Emmanuel, God of us, so close that he feels what we feel. He experiences some of what we experience. He knows the great joys of being a human, but he also knows the great sorrows. He knows the moment's of wonderful celebration, but he also knows the most difficult stresses. Because of Christmas, God gets you because of the birth of Jesus. When Jesus is born, he takes on humanity, and Jesus doesn't start to exist on Christmas. Okay, Jesus is God. He's the uncreated one. For all of eternity past, Jesus has existed as God. But the first Christmas, he takes on humanity, and he doesn't therefore stop being God. He doesn't become half God, half human, or he doesn't become a a human with really special, powerful powers. He is fully God, and he is fully human. His becoming human doesn't diminish his Godness, but actually him being fully human and fully God was necessary for him to do the work that he had come to do. And we see this in the Bible Bible, as a letter to the Hebrews written by a Christian. It's written to a bunch of guys who are really struggling in life. And one of the ways that the author encourages the people to whom he's writing is by encouraging them that God gets you. God understands what these difficulties are like because he's lived life in Jesus. He actually starts the letter by showing us how incredible Jesus is. That Jesus is God and he is high above and far above anything and anyone else. He says Jesus is the radiance of the glory of God. He's the exact imprint of his nature. You stamp Jesus and he's the exact imprint of God because he is God. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. That's God's job. He keeps everything going at every moment. He is God. And then he continues, he shows us Jesus is far superior to the angels. He's saying, don't just think that Jesus was just like the top angel, the top of the pecking order of angels, the best one. He's far more than that. He points out, God never said to the angels that he was their father, or God never called the angels to worship each other, or God never promised an eternal throne to the angels. But all of these things, he says, have been promised to Jesus, because Jesus is God. But he knows that's not the full story. Jesus is God. He's light of light, God of God, very God, as we sing in the carols. But he's also the one who became man. As Jesus is born 2,000 years ago, he takes on humanity. When he's born of Mary, he becomes fully God, fully man. And in chapter 2 of Hebrews, the author explains to us why that is so very, very important. He shows us first that Jesus taking on humanity means that he's not ashamed to call us brothers and sisters. How incredible is that? The God who made everything is not ashamed to call us brothers and sisters. He shows us that Jesus taking on humanity means that he can experience death and not just experience it, he can conquer death. He can do away with it. He can destroy it and can set us free from the fear of death. And he says because Jesus took on humanity, he gets us. He says in chapter 2, Therefore... It was necessary for Jesus to be made in every respect like us, his brothers and sisters, so that he could be our merciful and faithful high priest before God. Then he could offer a sacrifice that would take away the sins of the people. Since he himself has gone through suffering and testing, he is able to help us when we are being tested. He said Jesus had to become like us in every respect, in every way Jesus took on humanity, except that he never sinned. Jesus is in every way like us, except for we constantly miss the mark, we constantly miss the target. He always hits the mark. He always hits the target. He loves God with all his heart, all his mind, all his strength. But he took on every part of humanity. He knew the very best bits and the very worst bit. He knew the joy of eating his favorite foods but he knew the frustration of injuries and of illness. He knew the joy of being surrounded by friends and family, but he also knew what it was like to be utterly abandoned and utterly alone. He knew what it was like to be fit and healthy and loving life. He also knew what it was like to stare certain death in the face. He lived our lives. He became, in every respect, like us. And the author tells us that was purposeful. There was a reason behind that. It was so that he could be our merciful and our faithful high priest before God. In the Old Testament, before Jesus comes, the high priest is the guy who intercedes. He's the middleman between the people and God. He's the guy who takes the blood of the sacrifices into the place where God was, who stands and kind of forms a bridge between the people and God. He's saying that Jesus has come to bridge the gap where our rebellion against God has separated us, created this huge chasm, Jesus comes to take us across. He comes to bridge the gap. He comes to make the way. And he does it as one who is merciful. A merciful high priest, one who shows compassion, even when actually it's totally within his right to judge and punish. He does it as one who is faithful, who sticks to his task, who completes it, who gets the job done And the author tells us, because he's that kind of high priest, he could offer a sacrifice that would take away the sins of the people. And here we're skipping ahead from Christmas to Good Friday. And the Bible actually almost always does that. It barely bothers talking about Christmas without talking about Easter, because actually without Easter, there's no real point in Christmas. Because Jesus is the faithful, merciful high priest, he can take away sins. Because he took on humanity he could become the perfect sacrifice. Because beforehand in the Old Testament, they were killing all these bulls and all these sheep and all these goats. They were dying instead of the people. They were a substitute to pay the debt that people owed to God. But the problem was, they kept having to do it. They would sacrifice some one day, and then more the next day, and more and more. Clearly, it wasn't really working. Or at least, it wasn't really having a lasting effect. And that's because the life of an animal isn't the same as the life of a human. It's a bit like you went to a shop tomorrow and you tried to pay using the chocolate coins from your stocking. It's not going to work because your chocolate coins, as tasty as they might be, are not of the same value of real money. Animal sacrifices could never pay the debt that you and I owed because of our rebellion against God. We needed a human sacrifice. But God so loved us that rather than make us be that sacrifice, rather than take our lives, he preferred to send his son to take on humanity, to take that death. He preferred to take the life of his own son rather than to take our lives. And that was a lasting sacrifice. It's a sacrifice that does the job in full for all eternity. The priests in the Old Testament, they're always standing up. They've always got more work to do. Each day there's more animals to sacrifice. Jesus has sat down at the right hand of the Father. His work is done. The job in full, the pay- price is paid so that we can be forgiven and we can be welcomed into relationship with God. Christmas, Jesus becoming human, taking on humanity, means that he can be the perfect sacrifice for you and I, which means that rather than us being separated from God for all eternity, we get welcomed in to be with him. And Jesus becoming human also means that he gets you. The author says since he himself, Jesus, has gone through suffering and testing, he's able to help us when we're being tested. Jesus has been through it. He knows human life. He gets human life. He might not have gone through every little detail of our lives, but he knows what it's like to live with humanity. He knows the sufferings and the trials, and the temptations, and the testings. He's not like Julian and Flash in getting frustrated, looking from the outside, not really understanding why we're like we are. He's compassionate because he understands, because he sees from the inside. He feels with us, he knows what it is like. And that is the truth which can bring us such wonderful comfort and joy. It means that God is a God whom we can turn to in the highest highs and the lowest lows, And we know that he'll hear, we know that he'll listen, because Jesus has bridged that gap. And we know that he'll understand. We know that he'll care, we know that he can feel it with us. And later in Hebrews, it tells us, we know that when we turn to God, he is faithful to show us mercy and grace when we need it in our time of need. And that means that however you're feeling today, however you feel about Christmas, Christmas for you might be the best day of the year Christmas for you might be the most painful day of the year. That means however you feel as you look back over 2018, it might have been the most wonderful year. It might have actually been a really heartbreaking, really tough year. It means however you feel as you look forward, you might be so excited about 2019, or actually you might be filled with a sense of dread and a sense of emptiness when you look towards 2019. However you feel about any of that, God gets you. God understands. God feels with you because he has walked in our shoes. He knows what it is to live as a human. He knows what human life is like. And that means we can call out to him. We can find mercy. We can find grace. We can find help in our time of need. So however you find the day, whether it lives up to your expectations, whether it really doesn't, God gets you. And he's there ready and waiting to show mercy and grace in our time of need do I want the band to come back up? I'm just going to pray that God would bless us, this truth will work into our hearts, and we're, I think, going to worship it one last time. Father God, we thank you for the wonderful truth of Christmas, that you so, so loved us, that rather than take our life, you preferred to send your son that he might give his life for us. Thank you, Jesus, that you are fully God and you're a man. Therefore, you are the perfect mediator, the perfect bridge between God and man, the perfect sacrifice to bring complete forgiveness to us. And thank you that you get us. You're not a God who's far off and distant. You're not a God who doesn't understand. You're not looking on from the outside, not understanding. You feel with us. You understand. You are compassionate. You show us grace and mercy. And I pray today, Lord, wherever we're at today, wherever we're at as we go into this new year, I pray, would we know your closeness? Would we know your compassion? Would we know your comfort and encouragement as we dwell on the wonderful fact that you have walked in our shoes and that you get us? Come and be with us today, our Father God, we ask. Amen.